Welcome to At The Whiteboard with Ruth and Nicole, the podcast for people who want to crush it at work. Each week, we'll talk about the latest tips, trends, and tricks to help you love your job and to help your boss love you too. It's like having a personal coach whispering advice into your ear, but without the whispering. Okay, let's get into this week's episode. And we're live here. Oh, shoot. I'm behind. There we go. Now we're live. I'm not going to do my Mickey Mouse voice this time. Oh. Hello. I'm going everyone. to, instead I'm going to go. How are you? Hello. <laughs> no, I'm not. Hi, everybody. How are you? Hi, hi everybody. <laughs> hi, everybody. It's Minnie Mouse here. <laughs> oh, boy. Punchy already. Punchy right from the get-go. I'm still really jet-lagged. Yeah, I was going to ask how you were feeling after your yeah. whirlwind London trip. Yeah. We're quite the jet setters. Me quite the jet setters. New York. You and New, New York. York. Me and London. So um, as you know, my niece is a flight attendant and she helped me check a bucket list item to and took me on her passes to London to see the Christmas lights because I've seen them in New York. And we were joking next year we're going to do Paris. She said, oh, you really need to see them on the Champs-Élysées, Auntie Ruth. Oh. Like, oh. Exactly. But it was super fun. And uh, we walked, my Fitbit said 50,000 steps. I saw that. I mean, I am basically after one day of walking from Soho Mm -hmm. to Central Park, uh, was basically incapacitated the next morning. I couldn't walk. Well, by the third day, I had some pretty nasty blisters. And oh, and um, to add to it on the second, it might have been the first or second day, I somehow uh, got a nail through the sole of my boot into my foot, just missing, piercing my foot. So picture, it's I've like I pictured a, it and it looks it's, uncomfortable. It's a two inch construction nail. So a, a thick one. And what I must have done is scuff my foot along and it went in at sort of a 45 degree angle. And I thought, oh, I've got a rock in my shoe. So I stopped to take and I kept walking thinking it would, you know, have rocks sometimes go off yeah, to the yeah. side. And I was like, mm, it's not moving. Took my boot off, put my hand in. It's like, oh, and I thought I had broken the sole and some plastic, you know, had made it. No, there was a nail sticking out at the 45 degree that had gone right through the sole and a centimeter more. And I would have had to get tetanus shots. Oh, no. That was the dramatic story. I have no other stories. We didn't see anybody famous. We didn't get invited to tea by anybody royal. But we walked a lot and had a really nice time. And the lights were beyond they looked really beautiful they were beautiful i was like a little child i just plugged along (laughs) here didn't do much we launched your course show your inbox who's boss yeah so that was fun so that was fun to record i think um i'm usually i'm not i don't get camera fright or anything like that but i felt like i got more relaxed as it went and i'd be fine after this it was oh, yeah. just weird to talk to the camera when you're not there first and of that's all. true yeah, yeah I felt the same way yeah. and I, if you ever noticed in my, when I did my course I was constantly kind of like looking into the air because I didn't know who to talk to I was like <laughs> was, am I talking to myself yeah. am I looking at my own recording or who what, yeah. who am I talking to I put a post-it note I tested and I put a post-it note on the um, laptop oh, screen smart. to stare at the post-it note because that was it looked like the right place to look I don't know Oh, yeah. that's smart. But that was good. So that was fun. And yeah, so we got back Monday evening and um, I'm still waking up at five, but that's not too bad considering that's 10 o'clock in the morning there, but it'll get, it'll get better. 
Okay, good. Yeah, so we're here. We're here at our second to last Brene Brown. Indeed. Indeed. And then we're moving on to Digital Minimalism with Cal yes. Newport. Yes. Um, so a little bit of a different spin. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I kind of like this idea of doing this too. And I think, so again, our book is Brene Brown's Dare to Lead. Queen Brene. Queen Brene. And um, she was all over social media this weekend. Uh, doing really? Because she wasn't stuff. in our social media. No, she wasn't. Because I keep tagging you, <laughs> Brene. Call me. Call me. Call me, maybe. Call me, maybe. Um, Respond to me. Do something. I know. Like it? Uh, Kristen Chenoweth. I saw. Did you have a fit? I'm watching Elmo. So. So, I'm watching Elmo with my almost (laughs) two-year-old. And it's horrifyingly, mind-numbingly painful. Especially after two Mm. or three episodes. Elmo says, go ahead. Oh, you just want to blow your brains out. And then, (laughs) um, then comes in this section where it's Mr. Noodle. And he's like some kind of clown character. Soup. No, he doesn't speak. He wears big pants and a floppy, floppy shoes, yada, yada. Um, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, comes Miss Noodle. I've never seen her before. So it was like a little bit of excitement for me mm, and watching character. this show. So new character. Exciting. Very exciting. Um, and I'm like, gosh, that looks exactly like Kristen Chenoweth. And so I just took a screen cap. And tagged her in it, and she wrote a laughy, cryy emoji in response to my story. That's pretty amazing. I love Kristen Chenoweth. It was quite funny to read the yeah. text messages between my friends and I, um, who are all kind of theater buffs. And I basically was like, I'm so sorry, guys. I am now moving to Broadway with my BFF. Um, see you later. Nice knowing you. <laughs> That's um, like the time we thought Mindy Kaling liked one of our <laughs> things. And it, it, was, and it was a fan account. <laughs> But that was the real Kristen Chenoweth. It so was the real cool. Kristen Chenoweth. And Kristen, if you're watching, like I will Thank move you. to New York with you and be your be- best friend and we can be on Broadway together and <laughs> it'll be amazing. I'll yeah. give up my whole life here for you. Well, Brene did not tag us, but she was all over social media and they're doing a bunch of stuff and they just um, had a new class of people that were trained in the Dare to Lead stuff. Oh, cool. And so that was kind of neat. And she's been at a lot of events in the in the recent past on um, leadership and women in leadership and courage and all that sort of thing. So yes, we are doing chapter three or section three of the book today on braving trust. So we've been all through vulnerability and values and now she talks about trust and this, I almost didn't need to read this section at all. And I also had a revelation as I was listening to it this morning. Mm-hmm. You know, my frustration with not being able to like grasp the concept. Yes. I started to kind of pinpoint it a little bit today. And because Brene tells a story in a bit of generalities. Yes. So in a lot of her stories relating to this section and braving trust, it was like, well, I wasn't engaging my team enough. And so this was happening and I wasn't taking the time to do this. And what I felt would be more beneficial was a more... Specific story. In what way were you not engaging your... Like, so one time I did this. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like, I was just like, yeah, this is all so general. Slash, I I also then found it hard to believe. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, sure, Brene. Like, you sound like the world's loveliest person. Mm -hmm. Um, you, You weren't taking time to engage your employees and talk to them or your team. I just couldn't... I couldn't quite grasp it. So, like, I wanted her to say things like... 
I used to just walk into the office and just give everyone a big hi and then go in and close the door. That's interesting. I wonder, because in some of the other books that I've read of hers, she does have stories like that. She has um, talked to her team in a way where they've said, Brene, can you stop that? And she tells those stories. So, And that's when I get it. And in this, and this section, she, yeah. it was like super general. Which is why I... I agree. There was one story about somebody named Javier and and what she and how she interacted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I really felt, or and I really felt, she pretty much stole all our material <laughs> and added a list because you know how she likes lists. She so likes you'd lists. think I would love that about her, and I yeah. do. Um, so when we have been teaching trust, yeah, what do we teach about trust? Uh, we teach uh, achieving results. Plus genuine concern. Plus, I'm putting you on the spot. Achieving results, <laughs> genuine concern. Starts with I. Oh, and plus integrity <laughs> uh, equals trust. Yeah. And the way I kind of always teach it is that it, it's like a math equation. If you take any one of those components out, you no longer have trust at Indeed. all. Right? The trust is broken. Indeed. And so, she has this essentially in this section. Yeah. So as usual, I like the, the quotes at the beginning. She, I love the marble jar. The marble jar she started earlier in the yes, book. Yes, it was called. earlier in yeah. the book. And I loved, I loved bringing back the marble jar and that how trust is a bunch of marbles in a jar. Well, right? it was that Melinda builds up over Gates. Time. And Melinda Gates said when you are successful in, in an event that adds to the jar, you're adding one marble at a time. But if you break trust, you're taking out a handful of marbles. Yes, or maybe all of the marbles. Yeah, or I maybe mean, all, depending. We've seen people in a course where we give an example of like breaking trust and you'll see people in the room go, well, I just never talk to that person again at work, yeah. right? Yeah. So for them, you break trust once, all the marbles are gone. Yeah. So that's what this section is. She says, um, integrity is choosing courage over comfort. It's choosing what's right over what's fun, fast, or easy. And it's practicing your values, not professing them. Renee, I loved this definition. It's, it's better Unlike than ours. Your, it's um, better than ours. We've been teaching it's doing the right thing even when it's hard or no one's watching. Yeah. This is further than that. This and takes I think it we further. should use this. We're going to steal it. Stealing. Renee, because you stole trust from us. We'll take this yes. back. Just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, I did really love that definition yeah. much better than shame um, because it, it did totally resonate. Yeah. And then somebody else said trust is choosing to risk making something you value vulnerable to another person's actions. So distrust means that I don't trust you with something that's important to me. I don't trust that you're going to do it right, keep it safe, whatever, yeah. in this situation or any situation. Yeah. So I like that. It's And what's important to me could be uh, the quality of the thing, the secret, the whatever. It could be so many different things. And um, she also talked about how organizations today feel that building trust or the skill of building trust is a soft <laughs> skill. It's that soft skill oh or the That's uh, funny. other side of leadership. And the research, and she actually quoted a bunch of research, so go read the book. But the research shows that to be untrue, that trust is one of the base skills that you must have in order to be successful in the organization. Yeah, it's not, a, it's not an option. Mm -hmm. And it's certainly... I don't don't think of it as a soft well, skill. Well, I don't like soft skill at all. Oh, because every time anyone says soft skill, it's kind of like a oh, you don't like 
that's that course we'll take just because we have to. Yeah. Well, we talked about it in one of our earlier episodes and where I said that soft skills aren't soft. They're, They're actually hard. hard. Mm-hmm. They're hard. All of the things. Leadership. Coaching. Um, self-awareness. Trusting people. Building relationships. Giving feedback. Giving feedback. Having tough conversations. Those are the hardest things you have to do. And all of those things are required to be vulnerable. Yeah. To put yourself out there and to be authentic. Yeah, and the actual typical hard skills or technical skills, that's the easy stuff. Yeah. That take a course, like Yeah. Learn Excel. It takes five minutes. Well, so no this, big deal. This whole chapter with her list, so I wanted to talk about the list. She said, and I thought it was kind of neat, that there are seven things in the inventory. Because again, taking your she stole your story from the beginning we need to be able to identify exactly where the breach lies and then address it so when I we say that lose, all the time all the time when so we when talk we about trust, trust or ha, what has been broken in our formula is it genuine concern is it integrity or is it achieving results so she has seven things not three i believe that each of these seven things fall under our three categories Neat. So I thought I'd quiz you and see what you think. I you wrote down what, what I do. think. In this YouTube video, yes, I'm going to... Do magic? I'm going to do magic on the YouTube video. So those of you that are only podcast li- listeners, I'm going to encourage you to watch the YouTube this time because I'm going to do some magic and maybe what I'll do is I'll, t- I'll, I'll take our model and then I'll have yeah. Brene's role into it so yep. you can see how they fit together. Yeah, and I, again, I don't think there's any right answers. But I no. I think they fit. You have become like this tech queen lately with really mastering videos and how to put them together. Do you know what courses? I had to do for your online course? I had to take a screenshot. So Ruth oh, was to blur the to blur. To blur so the email. We realized when, when Ruth put up her email course, yada yada, I looked and I was like, oh, you can see a couple of people's emails in there. Probably not a huge deal, but I thought, you never know. let's be safe. So I had to screenshot a piece of the video that covered your email exactly. Yeah. Then I had to go into um, preview or mm-hmm. something, and I somehow figured out how to blur the image. I don't know. Blurred the image, and then I had to go in and insert that image as a picture-in-picture and layer it over top of your video in exactly the right spot so that it didn't... Ruth is bowing to me right now. Honestly, I... I I, normally don't have the patience for it. I think I would have deleted and started over. But seriously, so with the videos for our courses and figuring out how to... Although, since I didn't have iMovie, I figured out how to add a clip to the end and I thought that was pretty genius. But how to set things up in Teachable and um, the work you're doing on our Instagram account to let people know a little bit more about us and get to know I'm us killing and our it right stories. Now. You're killing it. You're killing it. Sorry, that was a side, total sidebar. Total sidebar. Total sidebar. So, back to trust. Back to trust. The inventory of trust. Uh, things that are required so in order to have trust. These are... Uh, the pieces to the equation of Brene's trust equation. Mm-hmm. And she just has seven variables. Seven. I believe they can be rolled up into the three. So let me get your thoughts. I have thoughts on where they All would right. go. And I wanted to see if they lined up. And I also wanted to say that this inventory, although she talks about building trusting relationships with other people, particularly at work or in your personal life, she also says we need to think about trust, uh, trusting ourselves. And so if you don't trust yourself, let's say, to 
control your spending or not to eat stuff or to get things done on your list or whatever, this inventory is kind of helpful to say, what is it that I'm not trusting myself to do? Ooh. Yeah. So keep that in mind. So the first one is boundaries. And by boundaries, um, she means things like um, saying, well, in your home life, you might say something like, I'm not going to both cook and clean up. That's my boundary because when I do it, I start to feel resentful or whatever. But you are, if you have good boundaries between people, you are clear on what's okay and what's not okay. And if you're not sure, you ask and you're willing to say no. So it's that, it goes back to that whole thing of being clear is kind. And so I, therefore I have boundaries about what I will and will not do, what I will and will not say. And I'm, you know, I'm not militant about it, but I'm very clear. I like this. And what I'm going to continue to do, as I feel like I've done throughout all of these sections, is link this back to what does this actually mean in being a leader? Yes. So for me, that means like as a manager of people you set boundaries for what you will do and what you won't do. Yes. You won't promise your team that you're going to try and get them raises or bigger bonuses, all this stuff, mm-hmm. if you can't actually deliver on it. Mm-hmm. So as a manager, know your boundaries and what you're willing to say and how you're willing to say them. Yeah. And I also will set boundaries for um, how much time I will spend with people, what kind of coaching conversation as a leader. So we often say, be careful with as coaching as a leader and becoming a therapist because you're not therapists. You're supposed to try and figure out how to work together. And when you get to that point where someone needs help outside your boundaries, you help them find it. Yeah. Yeah. So love it. would you say that's integrity, genuine concern or achieving results? I think that's achieving results because... Okay. Uh, for me, that is about establishing what you are capable of doing, yeah. what you are willing to do, what is in your realm of control to do, what is within your power to do, what is in with your capacity to do, mm-hmm. so that when you say you're going to do something, you end up getting it done. Mm-hmm. If you don't set clear boundaries, then you know, you're know you kind of wishy-washing all over the place. No one knows what you actually will do or can't do, what you overpromise and can't deliver. Yeah, that's so for interesting. Me, I'm going to put that under achieving results because yep. I'm because you're bullet journaling. I'm bullet journaling journaling it as I we go. I thought it was integrity, and it, again, doesn't doesn't matter. matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's the the reason it doesn't matter it's it's how you interpret it, and if you are rumbling with something that is bothering you, or you're trying to figure out the trust relationship with someone else or with yourself that's broken, it doesn't matter what category you put it in. 100%. But I thought it was integrity because the idea of being clear and holding myself true to what it is I I will and won't do, my expectations of myself and others, seemed to be um, choosing the courageous thing instead of the comfortable thing. I might always say yes to you because I'm not comfortable saying no. Yeah. Uh, You know how we've talked about declining invitations and, and, you know, making up a whole story? Yeah. I think with boundaries uh, and being, having integrity with respect to boundaries, it's things like, no, I'm sorry, I can't go that weekend. Full stop, rather yeah. than explaining it. And it's just because I have a boundary for myself that I need to have one day on the weekend where I'm not doing anything yeah. or whatever that is. Love it. The second one is reliability. You do what you say you'll do 
And at work, this means staying aware of your competencies and limitations so you don't overpromise and are able to deliver on commitments. So I think that slides very clearly into boundaries and achieving results. Yes. So I, I put reliability also in the achieving results category. Agreed. Um, and accountability. Right? Holding yourself accountable. You own your mistakes. You apologize. You make amends. I would take that a little further. I would say you hold yourself accountable for the things that you've promised to do. And if you're a leader, again, coming back to the leadership equation, you hold your team and your partners and your stakeholders accountable for the things they said they were going to do. You don't make excuses. You're kind and curious about what happens if they miss that deliverable or the deadline. And you have the conversation. You don't avoid it. You go, oh, well, they're busy. Yep, I know yep. they'll get it done. <coughs> the next one is the vault. This was my favorite one. This was the discussion with Javier. Oh, in the yes. Book. So in the vault, her definition is you don't share information or experiences that are not yours to share. I need to know my confidences are kept and that you're not sharing with me any information about other people that should be confidential. And in her story, she says, um, I think it's a story that, you know, your leader calls you in and they say, well, you're, you're not up for the promotion this time. I just wanted to let you know. And um, we have trust issues related to the vault. So uh, um, she says it's very important that we're specific. So we have trust issues isn't helpful. Which of these seven categories is a problem? So a leader that says we have trust issues related to the vault and the person's having, tr I have never shared any information from this office outside. And the leader said back to her, true, but you've told me things about other people that I think you probably shouldn't. Ouchie. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Again, relates back to the integrity issue that is so important to me and my values. People that will talk about someone will talk about you. <clears throat> so he said to her, he said, I believe you. I have also heard you in this office talk about other things that I don't think you should have told me. Ouchie. Integrity or genuine concern for you? Integrity. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I thought that was a really cool one. And I think um, if we were, if everyone was to spend time thinking about that, there are times when you have your person, your, first, your best friend, your partner, your spouse, whatever, where you share things and that's a vault itself. And I think it would be really hard not to share confidences. I also think if we're not careful, that group can expand farther than it should. Mm -hmm. And it, I'm like that because I want to just tell people stuff that's going on and it's sometimes you just shouldn't because mm -hmm. it makes them then wonder about you. Uh, the next one is integrity. Obvious integrity goes okay. in integrity. Yeah. And we've talked about that. You cho choose courage over comfort. You choose what is right over what is fun, fast, or easy. I just love that definition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You choose the tough thing. You choose to say the tough thing instead of what's easy. Mm -hmm. And you choose to, and you, you, um, what did she say? You practice your values instead of just professing them. I love that. So, oh, we're all about recycling and this and that as you throw newspaper in the garbage instead of the recycling bin. It's, it's that simple and that complex. Yeah, I love it. Um, the next one is non-judgment. I can ask Ooh. for what I need and you can ask for what you need. We can talk about how we feel without judgment. We can ask each other for help without judgment. Ooh, I put this in genuine concern. Same. Yep. Yeah. It's called non-judgment? Uh, non-judgment. Yeah. 
And somewhere in, in here, I can't remember where it was, um, she said that uh, we don't earn trust by demanding it, by saying, trust me. We earn trust when we say, how's your mom's chemotherapy going? And that, again, she clearly has been to our classes. <laughs> Pretty, <we're>, where have <laughs> you been hiding? When we're talking about genuine concern, leaders yeah. that have taken the time to get to know you and ask appropriate, like not overstepping, again, knowing boundaries, yeah. but then asking, how's your mom's chemotherapy going? Yeah, we've often used the example of, you know, if you actually want to build relationships with people, you know, I always say with some people, you're going to build relationships. It could be so easy. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And those are the people that sometimes, you know, you lose those bits of integrity and you share things yeah. with people that you don't really expect just because the bond is so quick and it's so, so easy. easy and you just want to. Bleh. Yeah. And then there are other people where it feels like every interaction is like a claw and mm-hmm. you're like. What open-ended question will I think of next Mm -hmm. in order to maintain this conversation's cadence, Mm -hmm. right? And it is for those things, it is for those relationships, because for some of them, it'll just happen naturally. Mm -hmm. We'll know each other. I'll ask you about things because I just, I want to. And for other people, I just, I have to try. And that's where I have to ask you the questions like, Mm -hmm. hey, what are you doing this weekend? What are you most looking forward to this weekend? Yeah. The right? Try and get more than just relaxing or sleeping in. Try to get to like, are you doing anything with the kids? Oh yeah, we have a soccer game. Oh, that's fun. And then on Monday, being how did the soccer? How game did it go? go? That is the that I think. <laughs> it's it's almost like the price of entry for leadership. <laughs> you need to care about your people. Remember, <clears throat> I wrote that article. I think it might even been one of the early ones that Huffington Post published that said, "Does your manager like people?" Oh, yeah. Because some managers are not people people. And then I'm wondering, what are they managers for? Are they just managing the tasks? Okay, fine. But are they leaders? No. Because you need to like, if you're not, if you don't like people, you at least need to be interested in them. Or, I don't want to say pretend to be interested. You need to practice what being interested sounds like. Yes. And try and make that sound genuine. I can't be fake with you, but I need to find... Some type of sameness, some bridge yes. that we can talk about. And it, if you just need to keep finding it. And I think that's where the open-ended questions. Is it sports? No. Is it our families? No. Is it the politics? No. Is it something? It, and that like, takes courage it. yeah. because and it, it's not easy. Because mm-hmm. the easy thing is to be like, hey, how's your weekend? Good, good. But that's not a relationship. No. That's not building trust. That's just... Like skimming the surface. That is the easiest, fastest interaction that you can have. And that employee at their core, I don't care if they're a cranky, cranky person or a, or a bubbly person at their core, they feel you're not, you don't really care about them. So there has to be a way you listen for the nuggets and you build on them. Gosh, even if it's about work, right? Like Peter, you got that. You went to that meeting. You got to that report done. You know, I saw you finished it late on, late, late on Friday night. Gosh, I really appreciate that. I hope you had some time to rest on the weekend Mm -hmm. or, you know, like how did you recover from that big, crazy meeting on Thursday? Mm -hmm. What did you do to relax? Just little things like that. Peter Peter mentioned it on Monday morning that he was preparing for something on Friday and you followed up and asked how it went. 
Yeah. Right? The last one is generosity. You extend the most... This is kindness and curiosity, Brene. Uh, we, you extend the most generous interpretation possible to the intentions, words, and actions of others. So that means um, that when people screw up, you give them the most generous uh, possible thing. That person wasn't feeling well that day. That person must be stressed. Uh, something happened. The guy who cuts you off on the highway, he's on the way to the hospital. And there is a point where you need to stop that, right? Where yeah. it's becoming destructive and unreasonable. Always at the beginning and always with people who normally have a great, well, even if they don't, I was going to say people who normally have a great history and something goes wrong, you want to extend that. But you do with everyone. What is actually going on? Yeah. So that one I put under generosity as well, obviously. Under, under, under genuine, genuine concern. concern. Yeah, me too. Yeah. That's, I mean, and we, you know, we do that all the time, you know, with yeah. you and I'll be having a conversation and I'll say, look at this text. Why is this so rude? And you'll say, is it possible they were just rushing to type? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Let me be a bit more generous, generous with my yeah. interpretation and let me be more generous with that person's excuse and yeah. let me be more generous with all of that. So the, what she doesn't talk about um, is if you once you discover that one of these things has been breached in our trusting relationship, what do you do about it? So like, why is it important to go through and go, why am I having trouble with Nicole right now? Oh, it's the vault. Or, oh, it's I feel like I'm being judged. Or what do you do with these things? And now you have to jump into a difficult conversation. Right. And that's the, the courageous courageous part of it because yeah. the easy thing to do is be like mm, I'm just gonna pretend it didn't happen I'm gonna mm-hmm. try and get over it mm-hmm. I'm gonna just not not ever tell her secrets anymore I'm not gonna share this kind of information like that's the easy way out is to pretend that it didn't happen ignore it um brush it off move it to the back of your brain but yet it's still kind of lingering and oh. burning back there and um, when it does it they layer on each other until one day you just bleh, you explode all over and it makes no sense to them because Mm-mm. you've been building it up. Mm-hmm. So the big courageous thing to do is to actually have a big, you know, a healthy conversation, mm-hmm. you know, using all those tools. Like, can I tell you something? Can we talk about something? Mm-hmm. You know, laying out the situation as you observed it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, saying what impact it had to you. Mm-hmm. Right. So if, if you someone broke, broke something from the vault, like, hey, Ruth, can I tell you something? Can we talk about something? You know, last week when we were talking about this, I heard you mention, mm-hmm. you know, blah, blah, blah to someone else. I thought we were keeping that between us, right? The impact to me is it made me really feel like um, y- you didn't take my the, the the importance of the secrecy of that or the yeah. importance of keeping that between us as something that's between us, and you know it hurt my feelings, and I I don't want to be in that position. What can we do to yeah resolve it? Yeah, and if you say that in those kind words, I just yeah. I mean, I, I struggle every time I think of difficult conversations because I say, if you said it in those kind words and actually planned out what you were going to say, mm-hmm. were able to reflect and articulate on the impact to you and what mm-hmm. the behavior you observed and why it impacted you. And here's another thing. If you're going to come to someone and confront them or tell them something, please also have a plan for yes what you'd like 
to fix it. I mean, I really do believe if someone's hurt me and my husband and I have this <coughs> altercation every once in a while where mm-hmm. I'll be like, well, this is what happened and I'm upset and here's what I'm telling you. Here's the impact. I go through the whole spiel and then I'm like, you know, I'd like to resolve this. Okay, what do you need? Yeah, and you don't know. Well, because I do know. Like, you should know what I need. You know, <laughs> I do know. And at some point, I'm like, I just took all the courage and bravery to lay out yeah. all my heart on a, you know, a plate here. Mm-hmm. The least you could do is come back and brainstorm a couple of options about how you can make this better mm-hmm. instead of also putting that burden on me. Mm. However, I digress. <laughs> um, it's true. I though. do think if you are going to come up, you know, if you are going to confront, and I, I, I confront someone, I mean, if you're going to be courageous and have a big conversation with someone and rumble, mm-hmm. um, then do have an idea of what you want, right? And say like, I need to, I need to see that you can keep secrets and I need to build back my marble jar or whatever it is. And that's yeah. going to take a little bit of time, but I know that we can do it or whatever. Yeah. I think you need to have at the back of your mind what success looks like. And then if you can, if you can at all possible refrain from actually saying it so you both, well, get them, getting them to say it again, right? Um, getting the other person to say what you would love to just tell them <laughs> is the goal. But at some point there may be a, a wall Yeah. and then, okay, well, it looks like this to me is important. Or I don't know, let's figure it out is also a good answer. Yeah. But it's helpful if you have like, what do you need? I don't even know. I just know this. Yeah. And then maybe you just pause there and say, I need to reflect on what I need. Can we touch back on this again? Which Brene has said earlier in the book that it's okay to take a break. Yeah. So, you know, let's take a break and, and revisit. That's well, the whole It was section. a shorty. It is a short one. It's just so, I like the flow when you think about it. We spent quite a lot of time talking about vulnerability and, and what that means. And then our values. And this one talks about trust. All of this relating to what it means to be a good, authentic um, leader of people who cares about people. The last section is learning to rise. And I'm very interested in that because, um, rising strong is another one of her books. And that was the first one I read and I really liked it. And it was, um, in this one, she addresses it. I just quickly flipped through some pages. It appears that it's addressed from the point of failure. So when you finally use this courage and the vulnerability and put yourself out there and it bombs, what do you do? How do you rise from that and keep going? Um, her other book was rising from all kinds of things um, and uh, rumbling with it. For me, it was at the time when my parents had passed away, like a couple years at least, and I didn't realize I was still dealing with it. Le- leftover pieces and things and rumbling and rising from that. So yeah, so the last section, section four, learning to rise. Um, and we'll do that next time. And then we're done. And, and then we're on, done. on to new things. Yeah. And we'll let you know what Brene says when she calls us. Uh, <laughs> we do like we're, we're very much looking forward to the opportunity yeah. to be able to be trained in this methodology yes. too. Yes. Uh, Cause I think that would be very interesting. I think so too. I, I'd also really want that. I want that application, Brene. Application. Tell me that. I want the. I want it out of here and I want it down here. Oh, I see. Well, I bet. Yeah, we need a conversation to address that. Still, yeah. It's still nagging at my brain. It is, but we'll get there. We'll figure it out. Thanks, everybody. Until next time. Next time. Thanks for listening. 
Don't forget, you can find us on all the usual social media. Our website is whiteboardconsulting.ca. And this podcast will be available visually on YouTube by searching Whiteboard Consulting Group, Inc. Or if you want to read our blog that summarizes it, you can check out At The Whiteboard, a publication on medium.com. Finally, if you have any questions or suggestions, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at info at whiteboardconsulting.ca. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.